JKB today for this podcast. Gadfly made it to the finals last year and came up a little short. This year it's going to be a little different. He doesn't have James Jones, so uh, it might be a little more difficult for you. How you doing? I'm doing all right. It's going to be a lot more difficult. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, we'll jump into it. We're going to start with the Combs group, um, named after Malcolm Combs. And let's start first with uh, the defending champs, the Rochester Boy Geniuses. Um, they lost their worst class, 210, 180, and they replaced it with a class that's 151, 98. Uh, Nicholas Lewis and Jose Bardwell were both, uh, I think, 1 1 ties for Jesse. And they're plus seven and plus five, respectively. Oh, man, I wish those were for Jesse. Those are Jimmy's recruits. Please don't don't give me credit for anything this year. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Uh, I meant Jimmy. Yeah, so they're both plus five and plus seven. Michael Robbins might be one of the worst walk-ons of all time, is what Jimmy said. He is minus five. Uh, ah. <laughs> but he was plus 2.5 plus minus, so he's got something going for him. And it's never bad to have a little bit of height, is it? Um, so, uh, obviously this team really came together last year and they won the NTT. Uh, they're a great team. Um, I don't know if they're going to be switching up their lineup or not. You know, uh, I think Bardwell could fit in really nicely there and play a little point guard, a little small forward. I think Venning might be a more natural, uh, point guard, uh, than small forward, but he did obviously great. And they won the NTT with him there. Uh, what do you guys think about this team? I'll tell you what, they're, they're, they're big as they usually are. They were ran, running with the Twin Towers last year. Um, Grimaldo is such a – a lot of talent at center, and that, that's, that comes to happen when you have an active recruiter. But to have an equally talented guy at power forward mm-hmm. really is a difference maker. So when you have a guy like Grimaldo playing power forward, and th- there's really nobody else, there's very few people who are going to be as talented as that when, now that James Jones is out of the picture. So a, a guy like Grimaldo really is a, is a huge difference maker. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they change anything. Um, you know, they have their five starters back. The question will be for them if they go against a team that shoots it from the outside and doesn't let those two shot blockers impact the game the way they typically do. So it just depends on the, on that type of matchup for them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And they have a tough schedule for sure. I mean, you look at, you look at their schedule, you know, you got your um, group, but they're playing, they're out of conference. Uh, they're out of, um, their other games are versus Plainview, who's ranked preseason number eight, um, Nashville, and then uh, Santa Fe, who brought in the number one class last year. So they're gonna have a really, they're gonna have, a, they're gonna have to earn this. Uh, Waterloo obviously got so much better, and they were supposed to be the worst team in this uh, little bracket. So um, this this looks like a really tough region. Let's uh, move on to the next team. We're gonna be looking at Salt Lake City, the Denizens, coached by Coach Bills fan. Um, they last year they made it to the Elite Eight and came up short um, in a tough game against uh, Gulf Shores. Uh, they return uh, four starters. They lose their center um, and two, well, one NA and then uh, their backup center, and then they replace it with the uh, one thirty one eight. 179 class 
It looks like they got some height in Jonathan Parker and Nicholas Beckford. Um, Parker, I feel like Parker could play pretty well at center if he has to, um, for sure. What do you guys think? Yeah, they I see Parker there. Go ahead. Go ahead, oh, Aaron. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think they, they got any better from Dittmer, who was that specialist defensive guy who had really great um, ability to switch on the pick and roll and get his length in the passing lanes as well as protect the rim a little bit. So I don't think Parker can fill that role completely, but um, he's the obvious option there to come mm-hmm. in and try to fill it. Yeah. But but looking at Parker, I, I don't even know that he's a dynamo. He can kind of shoot, and maybe that's what his talent is. I don't think he's going to take shots away from Austin Self and Tanner Inouye, though. I mean, the team already has what he brings, so he might be the kind of throwing at power forward, and maybe Zachary Banks actually yeah. takes the tough job down low. Yeah. And they look like a, they look like, like a team. They're going to be back. They're going to be good. Um, but the question is, how good? Are they going to be as good as they were before? Uh, let's look at the next team. We're going to be looking at Ann Arbor. They brought in a great class, 2034. Um, Reginald Appleby uh, is one of – I mean, he looks great. Tyler Heil, uh, the, the point guard potentially. Uh, I mean, they got some talent there for sure, uh, and they needed it after losing uh, Justin Afaro, Jared Williams, and Nicholas Haino. Um, I'm interested to see how they do. What do you guys think? They, they're bringing back Malik Byers. Uh, he'll probably mm-hmm. challenge for the best player in the region because I expect he's going to carry the vast majority of the load here. Freshman class doesn't bring a, a lot of zip unless unless Tyler Howell turns into a, a premier player. His, his shooting percentage his total shooting percentage of 57%, maybe that makes an impact on the college level. They're going to have to roll with what they already had on their roster, though, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with, um, with the freshman, actually. I think Appleby also has a chance. I mean, he's at that, you know, 56 57% true shot percentage where um, that's being weighted down a little bit by taking a, quite a few three-pointers for a power forward in high school. Mm-hmm. And so you, you kind of get in with a good coach like Bradley. You have his shot selection dialed in a little bit more. And maybe you bump that um, true shot percentage up and make him an effective contributor as well. So I think they have options. I, I think they'll be about where they were last year, maybe a little bit better, which is, you know, on the mediocre side. But um, certainly they're building, you know, a pretty good core with Appleby, Heil, and Byers. Yeah. Yeah, I expect all three to probably start for them. Um, they they they're going to need a little uh, a little rejuvenation on their team, um, but um, I think they'll do all right. And I'm excited to see what Heil can do. Him and Byers will be a fun matchup, a fun little duo to see. Yeah, how much they can put up in that. So let's move on to the next, uh, the last team in this, and that's Waterloo. They bring in the three A class, Lucas Cruz. Um, they bring in uh, Jared Ingram. I'm not sure, and then and then they get Micah Micah Hamill. So that's the three uh, eight class, and they replaced uh, the two forty six two forty eight class. So they get a lot better very very quick. They're not losing any seniors, um, but I expect at least Ingram and uh, Cruz to start right away. Yeah, I'm already on record as saying I love Cruz and Ingram. Um, I think they will contribute to this team a lot. I think it makes them in a position finally 
to kind of challenge the better teams that they'll run into, like um, Rochester. So this is this is looking like a really good team, especially especially with Hess back too to run the show. Yeah, and they finally got some big men depth too. You know, last year they were trying out a six-five uh, backup center, um, just hoping for the best, and he he got killed every time he went out there. But you know, you you bring in like Lucas Cruz, potentially you can move uh, Burdett, Burdett or White to the uh, bench and uh, have them play some backup backup big minutes. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, what well, I mean, this is a great turnaround by Coach G Money. Five years ago, they were two and twenty-two. They've been slowly climbing up the ranks. This looks like a team that's ready to be PTT plus going the rest of the way out here. They have three straight great classes in a row. They have starters and they have depth now. I mean, this is a this is a team that'll be competing in a lot of places, not just in our tournament. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I really yeah. So I really like this. What do you guys see? How do you think this? I mean, this is one of the most talented regions. Um, who do you see winning it? Is it the defending champ? Uh, I mean, I think it's going to actually come down to the defending champ in Waterloo. That looks like that looks like what it's going to come down to to me. What do you guys think? Yeah, I like Waterloo to run through their last four games in their schedule. They kind of they, they I feel like they kind of pulled a good draw. They do have to get through Rochester in the first game, find out how they compete with Salt Lake City. But after that, if they come one and one out of the first two games, I think they're easily four and two, if not five and one. Hmm. Uh, they're challenging for the bracket. Yeah, I think it's easy to kind of pick the upset here of Waterloo. And even when you look at the preseason power rankings, they're the highest ranked team of this group. But I personally think that it's still going to come down to Rochester and Salt Lake City. Um, hmm. And I'm and I and I'm not going to bet against Rochester. They have the five guys back that carried them to the national championship last year. So um, to me, it's Rochester. Okay. Yeah. They, they sell Raymond Glover too. So, you know, they, they, <laughs> they have star power there, even if they're, um, if they're recruiting talent on the paper doesn't look as mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Yeah. And I was mentioning their tough schedule. Um, yeah. My hope is that I uh, pull off a, a win in that big game versus them in uh, <laughs> out of conference game two uh, or game one. But we'll see if if that happens. Uh, I like Waterloo's chances to uh, to take it. But you know, Raymond Glover is by far the best player in this uh, in this little region, um, and you're gonna have to watch out for him. He's yeah, he's a monster. Uh, so, uh, any players that you guys have that you want to watch in this uh, in this group? For me, it's the... uh, well, Tanner, Tanner Inouye in Salt Lake City is the most talented player in the region in terms of versatility. So I think we always have to talk about Tanner. Hmm. And then for me, I think um, Waterloo's two freshmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you can't forget about Hess, but mm-hmm. but he's kind of a known commodity. I think um, Cruz and Ingram, what they bring to the table, they may make me eat my words for picking against them. Yeah. Yeah, and as you look at that, is Heska, that's the one thing that um, Rochester wasn't tested in. I mean, it's all about matchups, but they weren't tested in the NTT from a point guard that could really, um, really score. And that's what they're going to have to do when they match up in that first game against Hess. Um, it, they're gonna... it, not only can he score, but he, can, he has the ability to shoot it from outside and totally avoid those, those two big guys inside. So Yeah, the trees. Yeah. 
So I think that'll be a really important game. And obviously Waterloo's got an easier schedule there, but I think the winner of that one wins the, the conference. I mean, and, that, and then there's so many really great players, uh, I mean, in this group. So I'm really excited to see Glover and how he can do as a junior. He didn't have that sophomore slump. He's, he's ready. And I, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, yeah. Any other thoughts on this, uh, this little group? I know I talked up Waterloo, but it is Rochester's to lose. I agree that it's yeah. up to Cool. <laughs> well, let's look at the uh, next group. So we just did the Combs group. We're going to do the Williams group now, and that's Harrisburg, Ocala, Seattle, and Bloomington. Um, I really like this group. Let's start with Harrisburg. Uh, they replaced the 1222 uh, class with the 136-171 class. Um, they lost Michael Williams and Alex Wyatt, their small forward and their center. And they replaced them um, with two pretty good scorers, you know. Uh, at but they don't. They're and they are, they were already they were already pretty set with height. They had a lot of had a lot of height. Reginald Collins coming off the bench. He's he was a stud recruit, so that's uh, that's beneficial for them. Um, and they really they didn't need more scoring, but they got a lot more scoring with these with Story and. Uh, her hopefully Kenneth can live up to uh, his brother's uh, his brother's uh, standard um, over in Gulf Shores. What do you guys? Uh, yeah, what do you guys think of this team? Sorry, guys, I'm in the middle of a windstorm, so I'm I'm, uh, I'm going to step away for just a minute. You're fine. Go ahead, Jesse. That's all right. I'll take it in. I'll take it in on Harrisburg because uh, well, we know we're talking about Kevin Ask. We know we're talking to a bunch of monster trees that are in the on the roster. So he brought back three guys, six ten and over, and he actually didn't recruit height this year. It's the first time I've seen him not land somebody big, uh, but he went with a couple of guards that are hot shooters coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, not great accuracy, but guys who love to shoot. A couple twenty point per game guys and Christian Lair and Kenneth Story. Uh, the team didn't need starting guards. They return. Um, four out of their five – well, look at that, three out of their five starters. But they bring back big guys, and I expect he's going to go with one of his classic oversized lineups and go 6'10", 6'10", 6'11", something like that in the front court um, and, and win in the ways that he usually does there with dominating rebounds and blocks. I think they look great. Yeah. Yeah, and Devontae, Eddie, and Ford Thomas are just such a great one-two punch. Um right at the uh, point guard, shooting guard position. And I think LaHur... The bench is thin. The bench is so thin this year, but the front end is enough to win games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And and now they have some scoring coming off the bench. I'm excited for Gilly, see what he can do maybe at center. Um, I want to see, yeah, Reginald Collins play a little bit more. Uh, Maybe Colton Miller. He looks like he played pretty well for... I liked him at least as a... uh, Nice glue guy back there that can um, play. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. But they're going to be – they're always talented. And uh, if he can get these guys to play together, they'll be pretty good. Uh, they do have a tough schedule, um, you know, going up against Lansing in the out-of-conference and Yuma and Waterloo. But uh, Waterloo, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that one strikes against them, I think. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, next up, we're going to look at Ocala. Um and how can you talk about Ocala without um, talking about the the forty nine one class and Isaiah, yeah, <laughs> and Isaiah Moses? I mean, this guy might be one of the best. Um, they replaced they replaced a really good class. They lost their point guard, their power forward, and their center, 
But, you know, they already had a lot of height. Um, and now they can add Moses to that. So they can put Magnum Hale and Moses there. Um, they're probably where you're going to really have to figure out is what are they going to do at point guard? Is it going to be uh, Charlotte? Um, Charlotte looks like he could do, he looks like he did pretty good for a small forward in those numbers. But um, yeah, it's a lot of unproven's there. Yeah, I mean, Donald Mangum, the 6'8 sophomore, I know he's a little oversized for the point, but at least he shows that passing spirit mm-hmm. that they might need at point guard. Otherwise, you're right, there's nobody on the roster. So if it's not going to Mangum as a as a passing oversized point guard, then Jordan Charlotte can come in, and he's kind of a passer and shooter. So, mm-hmm. so that might help them be a little more diverse. Uh, but frankly, with Isaiah Moses down in the post, um, you'd like to think that they can spread the ball around and it won't be too much focus on whoever has the ball at the start of the possession. Yeah. And with this team, you want to get Moses the ball every single possession. Like, <laughs> so maybe yeah. maybe he plays point guard. I don't know. Like, sometimes that works, a 6'10 guy, but uh, it's not like, yeah, it's not foolproof yeah, it's not or foolproof. It, doesn't it doesn't happen that often, often, but, often but uh, yeah. it, happens. it happens. So, so you got to try stuff to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, we'll talk about Seattle next. Um, they brought in the 29-38 class. Uh, Coach Jacko was pretty excited. They replaced the 98-93 class, bringing in uh, three 20-point-a-game scorers, um, all guards. But, you know, they all look pretty good. Uh, Aaron Presley, five assists a game. They all were pretty high assists, and they're all pretty decent high uh, true shooting percentage numbers, led obviously by – uh, Connor Jones shooting 62.2% true shooting. So that's really nice for them. Uh, yeah, they, they, they re- they're they going to be replacing um, just their shooting guard, their leading scorer, Cody Bell. But they still bring back Jeremiah Addy, Kyle Rogers, Kyle Pete, and Ethan Bracey. Um, I feel like you could easily put two of those guys in the guard positions and see how they can do. Yeah, or any of their three recruits that they signed. I mean, yeah. they had a need, and they certainly addressed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Jeremiah Eddy is a stud, um, just averaging a ton of points on pretty efficient shooting. I mean, these guys shot close to 60% true shooting percentage last year, and I, I have no reason why that shouldn't be even better this year. I mean, losing Cody Bell's going to hurt, but these guys look like they can really uh, – they can really play. Jesse, you have any thoughts on them? No, so you're depending on freshmen, right? You lose your top score. I, boy, they're undersized up front, and that always kind of bothers me a little bit. Uh, they go 6'8", six, 6'7", six, then 6'9", in their front court, and they depend on one of those guys to be a primary scorer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get Adam's talented, but, but boy, I, I, I don't know. I don't think that works when you're playing against the big dogs. We'll just have to see how it plays out during the tournament. Uh, if I'm picking one of those freshmen to be the higher impact guy, I'm saying it's probably Aaron Presley because they're going to need um, some extra passing in the lineup too. We'll see what the coach just uh, makes for a decision to add. Yeah. Okay. So last team is Bloomington. They bring in the 87-118 class, replacing the 56-28 class. Uh, you look at Jeffrey Mayfield, um, 6'8". Uh, 55% true shooting. Ethan Morris, uh, 6'9", uh, 17 points a game, 
rebounds. So they, they brought in some much needed height. Uh, it looks like Patrick Whitehead can uh, fill a point guard duty or whatever in a, in a pinch. They're losing Spencer Jackson, which is going to be really tough for them. But um, I mean, it's going to really help their lineup to get a lot bigger. Yeah, and you look at the only person they graduated was their point guard, and they've got a guy coming off the bench. Joshua Guthrie was a freshman last year, but showed a lot of good poise with his hands on the ball and might be all right as a shooter too. And then he can be in a competition with Whitehead. Uh, it looks like they have options to fill up their lineup, and, and considering they were successful last season on a really tough schedule, uh, the 19th toughest schedule in the league, and they went 14-10, and 10, uh, I think they have a well-built program. They're ready to roll. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with Jesse there. I think Guthrie's going to slide right into point guard and be pushed a little bit by Whitehead. So that, you know, gives them a one-two punch there. And then they still have a big center to anchor things and some talented guys around them, including Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I really like that they can have a little more they they just have a little more size on their team. They were running a six seven guy at power forward, a six six guy at small forward. I mean, technically, Kadigan could play point guard. I'm not sure exactly how he would do, but he had a four point five to one point three assisted turnover ratio. It might bump up a little bit more as a point guard, but he theoretically could play. And I I don't see any reason Mayfield couldn't excel as a uh, shooting guard or a small forward too. So um, I'm interested to see what they do. Uh, cool. Um, what are some, yeah. Who do you guys think, uh, comes out victorious in this group? That's a tough question to answer. Um, your favorite teams, Harrisburg and Ocala is the top two ranks. They're kind of thin. We know they have decent starters, mm-hmm. but some of the starters are untested and they don't really have much going on the bench. So you start looking at teams like Bloomington that have a good program, maybe have more depth. Uh, they just, don't impress because they play such tough schedules. I really want to call this a toss up, but I'm going to say uh, at the very least, if I can't make a prediction, I'll say, I don't think Harrisburg wins it from the top spot. And I will go with Bloomington. And the reason why is because Ocala, they lost 50 plus points per game last year. I think they're a season away and they need some, some more scoring punch. Harrisburg, I think is a little bit thin or at least thinner than they've been in the past. And Bloomington, is used to playing tough games and they're going to come and have a really well-built program. And I, and I do think that they have point guards on that roster that will slip slide in and replace Spencer Jackson. I know that's big shoes, but I think they, they're going to be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I think I'm going to go Harrisburg just because I believe in Devante Eddie and Ford Thomas. I think those two guys are just studs and I think their depth uh, at big can really help propel them. But we'll see. Uh, I, I I agree it will be really close, and I think any of these teams could win it. Uh, I, th- I like Seattle as a little bit of sleeper, too. I mean, I like all four teams. So, uh, yeah, they got that going for them. Um, well, who are some players to watch in this group? I mean, we're all going to be watching Isaiah Moses. Like, I can't keep my eyes off him already, and he hasn't even played a game. <laughs> Well, Jeremiah Addy is going to carry nearly the whole load for, uh, for Seattle, depending on those freshmen. But I, I really think it has to be about him. So any success Seattle has will come off big numbers from Addy. Yeah. And uh, you already talked about Eddie. I mean, yeah, he's great. And even Ford Thomas with him is really good. So 
keep an eye on both of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so there's just, yeah, a, lot so there's just a lot of talent overall, and overall, uh, I think it'll be a good, think it'll be a good group. So, uh, group. so uh, thanks for listening, thanks in, for everyone. listening in, everyone. And we'll be back with we'll you back with, with another, you with another group, group, soon. group soon. All right. All right. All right. All right thanks.